Welcome to another episode of Streaming Without a Battle. I'm Andrew. And I am Ted. Ted picked a winner. <laughs> I, I, this movie is, there's so many problems with it that I actually said to Andrew last week, we don't have to review this even though I watched it because I don't want you to have to sit through it. Well, I sat through it and it, I watched it or we watched it because it is Halloween and it is a horror movie and it's Pet Cemetery Blood, mm-hmm. Bloodlines, which is, uh, where did we watch that? Paramount Plus. Yeah. It's a Paramount yeah. Plus original. Yeah. And uh, it was one hour and 24 minutes. Good time movie. That was yep. it. It was quick. <laughs> it was, and I'm glad. Yeah, no, I'm glad. I, I'm glad. I was, Ted, I'll be honest with you. I, I, first of all, if you're new to the show, then you don't know that I don't like horror movies. I just don't. I don't. I'm, and uh, not my, my bag. Um, Ted loves horror movies, so he's going to be more of the the aficionado on, on this. But I tell you what, I, I haven't. First of all, I was really reluctant to watch this, Ted. I really was. I was just like, oh, now I'm going to pull a Ted. Because what was it a couple of weeks ago that you didn't? Oh, I forget what it was, uh, but I yeah. go, I just couldn't get past do, 20 minutes. Yeah, he didn't do it. And and I, then I I finally got up the willpower. And, and it was, I watched Pet Cemetery at uh, 8 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> it's not scary. Well, it's not. Um but, you know, it's one of those things. I didn't want to have any residual going to bed. But here's my problem. I was then left after watching this movie, uh, thinking about this movie. Because normally I'll, I'll watch a movie, typically at night, and I'll think about it for a little bit. I go lay down in bed and kind of unwind for the day, and I'll think about the movie then. And, and, uh, and then I fall asleep. So I, I get about an hour after I watch a movie, maybe two, to think about it, to process it, to go back and watch stuff. Or, well, the next day I'll go back and watch stuff to clarify. But I had all day yesterday and all day today to chew on this movie. And I chewed on it. There's a lot of chewing. Because I, 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 I wanted to break it down and be, and figure out why I didn't like it what was wrong what was wrong as much yeah go ahead well i think the biggest thing about what what the reason you don't like it is it's a poorly written script that makes you not care about any of the stakes for any character like you don't care about them because there's nothing the only one that you kind of care about are, are, are the brother and sister like I kind of like okay, they're trying to get out of there, and she's an artist, and he's sad because he can't. Well, they're uh, not brother and sister, aren't they? Brother and girlfriend? No, they're brother and sister. Oh, okay. No, these these. Yeah, um, Natalie, uh, Isabel, Star, LeBlanc, Donna. Oh, oh, and and, and Manny. I'm sorry, I was going. Yeah. I was going with the lead. Oh no, they're they're, they're boyfriend, boyfriend and girlfriend. girlfriend. Okay, yeah. all right, yeah. Like you don't I, care about them now. It's just like, oh, cool. You guys, they're just, yeah. I, I, you, you like the, the brother and sister have a. All right. So what, why do you think you don't care about any in this, uh, anybody in this movie, any of the characters? Break it down for me. What do you think? And because this is what I was chewing on. Because here's where I was, Ted. 
First and foremost, I think if you're a casting director and you're looking for uh, a little over middle-aged man, you have to consider David Duchovny. I mean, I really, <laughs> I really like David Duchovny. He's I mean, great. He is great. No, he's he's he's, he's so underused. The shining spot in this movie. He he is so underused in. I mean, just and anything, Henry everything. Thomas was pretty good. Yeah, he, Henry Thomas is good in this movie too. It's he's good. It's like let's Elliot. get the guy from ET. Yeah, Elliot. And let's get the guy from Californication <laughs> or Mulder, home. Scully, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they were both. They were both the best parts of the movie. Well, we watched that uh, that Eddie Murphy Jonah Hill movie, and Duchovny was uh, Jonah Hill's father yeah. in that, and. And I'm horrible with names, not only of people, but of movies, places, and things. Oh, that movie was called... If, if it's a noun, forget it with me, you know? That movie was like... <laughs> something... Was it like, hey there, white people or something? <laughs> I don't, I'm being serious, well, wasn't that I, it? I know. That wasn't I it? I don't think that was... I don't think that was it. Uh, I mean... It, <laughs> But that that's funny because that's that's the taste it left with you. Well, that's like what the movie's about. Yeah. Hey there, white guy. Yeah, hey there, white guy that, that's into hip-hop. I can't remember. Oh, my gosh. I can't. That's what the whole movie... You people. You people. You people. See, I was you. close. The whole movie is about the fact that, like... He doesn't, that Eddie Murphy doesn't want him to fit in with the family. That's a, yeah, you people. Hey there, white people. Why did I think that? You people. You people's better. No, but you some, your title is better. <laughs> anyway, I do, I love David Duchovny. And I, like I said, if, if you are, if you're a casting director and you're looking for uh, uh, over 50 uh, guy to be in your movie, you have to consider David Duchovny because he's really good. He was good in this. He was great in this. He, I mean, he was. I mean, he was. I, you know, he put it into it and for this movie. The guy that played his son put it into it too. He went for it. That creeper. Look at him with long hair. He looks even creepier. Oh yeah, yeah. Jack Mulhern. Yeah. I, really, really, the main problem with this movie: it, underdeveloped characters, but your main character isn't very good. Uh, Judd Crandall, yeah, which plays the son, mumbles and talks like this. Yeah, there's a thing as an actor, right? There's a thing that I mean, I know people of my age, we came up in the mumble core, and like (laughs) it's fine, it's great. And listen, adjusting your volume on how you deliver a line definitely. Like can dial up the intensity or dial down the you know what humor or whatever you want to do with it. Yeah. But if everything you say is almost whispered in this tone of like this, <laughs> then it's like, what well, are we doing? Well, maybe, and this is funny because we were just talking before the, we came on on. Uh, we were we were talking about the the fact that uh, uh, Samantha Mathis is in this movie and she got a big break and. Pumped up the volume uh, with Christian Slater, and he was like your generation look up to actor. Oh yeah, Christian Slater is well, the that's coolest how, that's guy. How he, that's how he talks. Yeah, but he never <laughs> underdid it. Like, come on, <laughs> Christian Slater was just doing a Jack Nicholson, Nicholson impression. <laughs> he was. He was billed as the next Jack. But growing, but he was up. great. He was at least. I don't have a problem you whispering. You're not whispering in every <laughs> single scenario in life. That's what bothers me. I. I just, again, I couldn't figure out, and I had to really chew on this, why I did not like this movie. And I, I, I just, I 
fingered out or knocked out the the fact that it was a horror movie, and it's really not that much of a horror movie. No. But, I mean, I really had to dig deep in this. I mean, it, I, I put on my research assistant uh, uh, hat, and I dug into this, and I know why I don't like this movie. Yes. It was directed by a first-time director. It was written by the same person who directed this movie. And we've had this conversation before. You've got to be able, the writer can, and, 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 and she is a good writer. I mean, from, from everything she seemed to have done, and that's Lindy, uh, Lindsay Anderson Beer. And, uh, you know, she's, she's, got, she's got a great writing pedigree. She really does. I mean, she's... Sierra Burgess is a loser. That's the first thing she wrote. Well, uh, you know, she worked on, on uh, Star me... Trek Four, the one that's coming out. I mean, she's she's seasoned. She did. She she is she is a seasoned writer. Uh, that's all the upcoming previous. But it's in pre everything she's got so, coming up is in pre production. So show me that magic order. Pull so, that up. So, but she's written a lot. I mean, she's she's, yeah, been, she's on a lot of stuff that's she's coming been, out. Yeah, she is. I mean, it's just you know she's again. But it was her directorial debut, and she's not a director. I think that's what we learned. We because she wrote this. The dialogue I thought was good. The, she she is an actor's director because you can see through their performances that they did really good. David Duchovny did really good in this movie. Henry Thomas did really good in this movie. Uh, Pam Greer's in this movie. She I mean, was it, great. She was great, and and it was because you had somebody who could direct actors. But she she wasn't a creative director. That's what I I mean she can write, but she can't make that transformation I think from paper to film to digital, I'm sure. But you know, that was the problem. She couldn't tell the story that she wrote. Wow. But anyway, and you know what? Last week we talked and I'm going to get this on the record right now. Last week we talked about uh Gen V. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And and it stars uh the young lady Broadway. Yeah, uh, Lizzie Broadway. Lizzie Broadway. That's her real name. Is it? That's her birth name. I and I want to if Lindsay and I doubt you're listening, but if you just happen to and somebody said, "Oh, you got dissed on streaming without a paddle or made fun of because your name." I apologize. Your name is Lizzie Broadway. That rocks. And I said that to the effect, but I was just like, I couldn't believe it. That show keeps getting better. That. I I watched it again. And I said I wouldn't, but I did. It popped up in my thing as okay. a new episode and I was like, Tag gummit, I'm gonna do it. I don't want to, but I'm gonna do it. And I watched the next episode. So what does that make four now? Yeah, you're but just anyway, gonna finish it now. Probably. Well It gets more injury. I mean Lindsay, that's a thing. Lizzie Broadway's great. All right, but back back to this. Here's my problem with this movie. One, I don't like horror. And two, I really think Lindsay uh uh, Anderson Beer. Mm -hmm. Well, I think she, her writing credits are great. And I looked at her writing credits too. Everything's kind of a pool writer. You know? Yeah. It, it, so it's not like. You this know, is a pool writer. She wrote this with someone. So I'm sure. But, you know, and, and by the way, Pet Cemetery is based off of Stephen King. So he. I don't think this. Uh, 
I don't think this did his namesake any justice by any means, but he got the check. Yeah. He got the check. But that was my problem, Ted. My problem with this show, I think, falls squarely on the shoulders of, of the director because she didn't know how to put this movie together. And, and I say this because at one point, and I knew it happened before, I was counting, and here's a little, and I know an editor... Editors are going to agree with me, and and directors aren't. But in movies, they have what they call B-roll. And it's in TV, too. And and as a producer, I would send a camera uh, operator out and go shoot me some B-roll, some pretty shots, things Mm -hmm. I can cut against for transitions. And on multiple times in this movie, there were three different b-roll clips before it went into a transition and that's unusual that's i mean because you come out of a scene you cut to a b-roll that uh, is like an establishing shot of Mm -hmm. the house that's your transition from the junkyard to interior of the house you've got the b-roll of the house and on a number of occasions there there were three separate B-roll cuts, and you didn't end up where the last one was. Like, it'll just say for argument, it was the house was the exterior shot of the house, and then they cut to inside the sunflower field. And I'm like, come on, that's that's bad. Yeah, that's that's that tells me that somebody was fighting to put this thing together in post. So from you know, that, I agree with you. So I think because Duchovny was great. Uh, Henry Thomas was great in this thing. Pam Greer. I love Pam Greer. I, I mean, she's just, and she she brought it. I mean, I can see her and Duchovny on the set having a good time. Yeah. I mean, I because he's so cool. He's so laid back. At least he, he appears to be. And Pam Greer's Pam Greer. Yeah. If you're around her, you're going to be... You're going to be smooth. Yeah. And I, I mean, seriously. I also loved the Isabella Starr LeBlanc. She was great as the, the sister. Yeah, she was great. And Manny was good, too. I, yeah, uh, he uh, grew uh, on Forrest, me. Forrest Goodluck? Is that yeah. his name? He's from The Revenant. Uh, he was he was good. I mean, I think everybody did a good job acting in this movie. I did not like the lead guy. And, and uh, I, 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 I see what you're saying. He didn't stand out, and I'll, so I'll agree with you. And he's the lead, and he was, the, and he was the lead in this movie. There's, there's no question. But everybody, everybody did a good job. Some people did a great job in this movie. I mean, they really brought their A game. Samantha Mathis, on record, completely just missed, thrown away for no reason. Yeah, we need more Samantha Mathis. Yeah, uh, yeah, she like. She's like, on a show that I watch, or was on a show that I watched, a vampire show Guillermo del Toro does called um, The Strain, uh-huh. and she was on a bunch of that as like a, I think she was like a mayor, but she was really good on that. Okay. Yeah, I, again, I just think this was a bad director choice. I think it could have been something. I mean, I want to see some of the footage, or I would argue to see some of the, the footage that was left on the on the floor. Well, it seems I mean, to me more the way they set it up is there's wasn't enough footage shot. Do you I, get what I'm saying? I do. I understand that. I I I don't know if you I, I, again. I don't know, but it was a bad. I'm I'm putting because I thought 
I thought the story was all right. Mm-hmm. Nothing spectacular. Uh, you know, the 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 dialogue, let me put it that way. I thought the dialogue was good. The dialogue was, was good. Dialogue yeah. was good. It was smart. Uh, and and uh, it was just horribly shot. Have you seen the original Pet Cemetery? No. Okay, so this and is... I'm not. Let me, yeah, <laughs> let me set this up. So Fred Gwynn plays this kid. And I don't understand the timelines because they're so weird because he's like, you know, a 60-year-old man in 1989. So right. this seems like it was set in Vietnam, so the late 60s. This is. This is Vietnam. Yeah, so yeah. it could be like... It just doesn't line up. But anyway, in the middle of it, when he tells them about the pet cemetery in the original one, Uh they tell the story of this happening. This guy comes home from war in his bed and his dad freaks out and he goes and buries him, but he comes back bad and they find him like eating somebody or something and they have to kill him. Okay. That's it. That's it. That's all you... Okay. But what I would say is, in general, the pet cemetery people aren't zombie you know, people. Right. They're not eating people and things. Like, I feel like there were multiple things where this dude was just eating a dead animal. It's weird. Yeah. Now, it was... He ate his dog. Didn't he eat his dog? Repeatedly. So gross. Because the dog was a zombie, too. I know. And it just kept coming back and coming back. And there's also a lot of things of, like, the only way to kill him is to shoot him in the forehead. And it's like, no, it's not. Not no, it's not. The cannon's already been built by Stephen King. It isn't. You just re-kill them again. <laughs> so that was my biggest thing. But I mean, hey, it, it, what it seems to me to to jump on your your back on this one, what it seems to me is she had a pretty bloated cut that was probably more like a hundred and ten minutes, and whoever Paramount, whoever put this out came in there and was like "Mm, this is because her dialogue is good Mm -hmm. this is feeling a bit bloated we're gonna just give it a nip nip tuck tuck and that's what they did and usually when that happens they ruin it well i don't know i can't i can't speak to it now she she might agree with you and say the studio did it but privately because publicly she'd never do that because then she would never work with the studio again the puppet masters um but anyway, so that was that was my tear on this movie. I don't like horror. I watched it. Duchovny was in it. I mean, I'm all in on Duchovny anytime else. And then Pam Greer showed up and uh, Elliot from E.T. I mean, who doesn't like Henry Thomas? I mean, he's so good. good. He is good. He is good. And I was like, the dialogue's good in this movie. It just makes no sense. It was cut weird and it didn't make any sense. Yeah. And then I just started <clears throat> noticing, and then I, I chewed and chewed, and I got, who directed this thing? Who wrote it? I don't like that they make them super, like, I don't, I guess it's because we're in a superhero era of movies. Yeah. It's still a dead person that's come back to life. It's yeah. a walking, they're, they're not a zombie, but they're a dead person. They don't have superhuman speed and strength yeah. in any other pet cemetery. <laughs> I'm just I, like. It was like he was a superhero that just looked really pale. Yeah. yeah. And stop, you know what? Stop killing dogs in movies, people. None of us want to see it. We don't want to see dead dogs. We don't want to see dead cats. Well, they kind of had to for this one, though. It's Pet Cemetery. I mean, pet. I mean, what are you going to do, cats? 
I'm a no on the cats. Yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> no cats. Here no you go. gerbils, something. hamsters, guinea pigs. I mean, I don't want to see that either. But anyway, all right. Uh, and on a final note, I want to say this, that I would have loved to have been on this production as a location manager. Because I, I noticed right away it was absolutely gorgeous. It wasn't Maine. Where, where they were shooting. I don't know where they did it. But I, I just, I, I've been in those rural situations, you know, when I was, uh, uh, did uh, Reba McIntyre's Is There Life Out There? We shot a lot of that up in uh, uh, Springfield, Tennessee, uh, at this, this lady's farm. And, uh, matter of fact, we used a couple of farmhouses, one for interior, one for exterior. And, and, uh, uh, it just, you know, when you're working on a set and you're out in rural, and you know this from the help, when you're out in rural America, it's just, it's fun to be on that crew. It's fun to be on set out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, as opposed to being doing locations on like passenger 57, where we're at an active airport in downtown Orlando, uh, you know, which was really stressful. So, which by the way, quick story, and I'm going to wrap it up. We'll give it, we'll give scores on this. When I did passenger 57, we shot in downtown Orlando for a couple of days, but we did it on the heels, literally on the heels of lethal weapon two or three where they blew up the building at the opening that's and, and we were we were one block from it <laughs> the building that they imploded they shot that in orlando they shot that yeah it was the old <clears throat> orlando city hall that they were imploding oh, they shot that part and yeah, yeah yeah and warner brothers came in and you know mel gibson and danny glover and you know of course there was huge coordination uh, with the city and and with the people handling the the implosion itself, and uh, so they did their thing, and then two weeks later, with all that mess and all that chaos on every local business's mind, here here comes Andrew Baird, and and uh, Wesley Snipes and the crew of Passenger Fifty Seven doing a car chase, or well, it wasn't a car chase. Uh, it, but it ended up on the roads and a big, big accident and intersection. And, and then we shot, uh, uh, inside of one of the buildings down there at nighttime and everybody hated us and they hated us because of the taste that, that the previous movie, no matter how cool it was, they left. All right. Mm. All right, Ted, I'm going to let you lead on the numbers on this one. Because uh, you're a horror man. You're, yeah. You get it. You're, gonna, you're, that's your man. thing. I would give this like a 58. Okay. I'm a 35. That's so low. That's like unwatchable. It is if unwatchable. Say, I mean, if you say it, a 38, that is an unwatchable movie. And I'm saying, I'm saying that, and I mean it too, because like I said, I've chewed on this a long time. The only thing that's giving it a 35 are the performances of Duchovny and Thomas and, and Pam Greer, every, the cast in general. But everything else, I just didn't, I, you know, no. No, it's one, it's horror. And it's a bad attempt at it as far as I'm concerned. Admittedly, I'm no expert. I just have seen so much bad horror that people like that, like, honestly, if 
a 58 is just a I mean, if I'm rating this on just a movie scale, then yeah. I mean, are you pulling up the Rotten Tomatoes? No, I, it's there, baby. Twenty. Oh. <laughs> okay, fine. So if I'm, we're gonna be rough as a as an overall I, movie, I give it. I would I'm, give it like a like I would probably give it. Oh, I would give it. But see, I yeah, gave it the you, audience. Yeah, score. I, I'm a tomato meter. <laughs> Woo. I'm in between the two, so that well, makes it have, fair. You don't have to worry about her directing anything else for a while. I I'm I'm being I'm being fair. So 35, I split the difference. But I love IMDb, baby. They they hanging right in there. Yep. Everything is just okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, I saw a movie that just popped up on there that I'm pretty excited to watch because Blumhouse. Yeah, Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh, great. Yeah. We're not doing that. No. Enjoy. That's that's for me to watch. <laughs> Do you know what that's about? No. It's like a showbiz pizza. Freddy, it's a video game. Oh, really? Five, they're like a showbiz pizza that's haunted. <laughs> you know what I'm looking forward to? What happens later? Ooh. David Duchovny and Meg Ryan coming back, and she's making her directorial debut in this movie. When is that out? That comes out in November at the theater. I- they they, they pushed streaming. it. streaming. They they yeah. You're right. So we'll we'll do that. I can't wait to see that actually because I again I like Duchovny. I mean he's just good. That's where I'm at. I'm into it. So anyway, all right. Ted is a what was your a fifty what fifty three? Is that what you said? 58? I think I said a fifty three. Yeah. No, I somebody I'm, said fifty eight, but I'm staying fifty three. All right, all right. I'm still at thirty five. I don't. Don't don't watch it. Don't I mean, watch it's a waste it. of your time. Nope. Not you good. Know? Unless you're unless unless you're got a crush on David Duchovny and you want to see him look kind of manly with a beard and you know, other than that, there is no reason to, to watch this movie. That's it. I mean Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Everybody, we appreciate you being there. Thanks for listening. Streaming without a paddle. I'm Andrew. And I'm Ted.